Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. I may not do everything great in my life, but I'm good at this. I manage to touch people's lives with what I do, and I want to share that with you. Welcome back to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Chef. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you from my basement, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. How you doing? And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Bon appetit. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Well, let's get this thing cooking. <laughs> all night long people i'm telling you uh, did you guys have a good week yeah yeah my week was hell well you know why this week was especially good sorry to interrupt professor because loki came out this week yeah well last week but yeah yeah well yeah second episode this week and oh my god that show's amazing i'd like to talk about that show for an hour and a half i'm sure you would but you know, it's not very realistic, and that story's been told a thousand times. So, you know, we can we can save that for a, a different podcast. Way to ruin my recipe. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just spitting in the soup. Is not, it, are you sure it's spit? Yeah, I, I question that one. <laughs> Put in the sound effect here. All right, so we are talking about Chef, released on May 9th, 2014. It was directed by John Favreau. It was written by John Favreau. It stars John Favreau, MJ Anthony, John Leguizamo, Sofia Vergara, Bobby Cannavale, Scarlett Johansson, Oliver Pratt, Dustin Hoffman, Amy Sedaris, Robert Downey Jr., and Russell Peters. Uh, this is about a head chef who quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck in effort to reclaim his creative freedom while piecing back together his estranged family. It was made for $11 million and took in 48 so not too bad. Not too bad. Made some money. For a cooking show that they just tried to throw some plot around, but yeah. All right, so let's fuck it. Let's just get into yeah. it. How well, okay, tell Don't me how you yeah, how how do you really feel about this movie, John? Well, let me quote my wife who usually loves these movies. She spends a lot of time watching cooking shows. Uh I believe what she said to me after watching this, she said actually two things. One was uh she's watched cooking shows with more plot than this movie. And the other thing she said to me was you know, I asked her, you know, we're, we're talking about reviews and ratings and how we do our rating based off of if we would rewatch this movie. Mm-hmm. I asked her, would she like to rewatch the movie? She said she would like to sit in silence for two and a half hours over watching this movie again. Well, you know, when I hear things like that, all I can really say is I just feel bad for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this movie, let, let's just break down the basic plot of this movie, which is... 
man is having problems with his life. His life is not going the right direction. He's also having problems with his child. So they go on this journey together where at the end of the journey, his career is saved. His relationship with his child is saved and everything is tied up in a nice, you know, cute little bow. So you don't like happy endings then? It's just, it's a plot that's been done so many times. Did you like anybody else's story that did that? Uh, you know what? You know what I got more enjoyment out of? The same exact story than this movie? Over the top with Sylvester Stallone. So what it comes down to is if the story is written well, it doesn't matter if it's been retold a thousand times. So long as the story is told well, that is what matters to you. For me, it was more of there wasn't really any conflict in this movie. There was, okay, he has a disagreement, he quits his job because of the mean old boss and the mean old, what's what it called? The mean old... Uh, food critic? Food, sorry, sorry, the mean old food critic. So he quits his job, he gets a food truck, which is a great idea, and they go on this whole journey, but everything works out perfectly for them. They're immediately an instant success. He didn't have to go through the process of getting a permit, which takes months. Nobody questions. <laughs> the, co- the cop doesn't ever question the fact that there's a 13-year-old working in a food truck, which is highly illegal in most states. Mm. I mean, there's so many little things. But anyway, he goes on this perfect little journey. And at the end, he gets his son back, who's all happy with him. Whereas he never questions at one, you know, any time, is his son really into cooking or is his son just doing this? Because he wants his father's love. He even says to his son at one point, I'm, I want to share this with you and I want you to come to, into my world. He never takes time to go into the kid's world and figure out what the kid really loves. Never questions, even ask the kid, do you really like cooking? Is this what you like to do? Or are you just doing this to make me happy? And then in the end, his wife takes him back. We don't even know what the conflict is that caused him and his wife to separate in the first place. But because he gets along so well with the kid, now everything's a happy-go-lucky, let's get married again. Wow. And even the food critic comes back and says, hey, even though food critics never do this, let me give you money so you could open up a restaurant even though I've trashed you. So I I guess I'm just wondering if this story's been done a bunch of times, I'm getting back to if the story is written well, then it doesn't matter if the story's been told a bunch of times or not just so long as it's written well well yeah so, so if it had been written better and had a little bit of a you know difference from other movies that have been told the same way if it wasn't so predictable i i, I guess what it is for me i don't like predictable movies i don't like where i can figure out okay well as soon as he gets this food truck he's going to be a happy go camper he's going to be a huge success and we know in the end the kids going and him are going to be best friends and he's going to get remarried if you couldn't predict that all from the first 15 minutes of the movie, it was just, it's the movie's over for you. For you. For me. Interesting. Interesting. So I guess what I'm hearing is you didn't like it because it's been told over and over again and that there's a happy ending. Well, and it's super predictable. Yeah. Well, you're telling me you didn't know exactly what was going to happen in the movie. No. In the first 15 minutes. No, not at all. You didn't know that he was going to be an instant success with his food truck. The relationship was going to work out with the kid. I was hoping. And that I he was, was going to get remarried. I was rooting for that to happen because eh. I liked the... Don't, eh. What the eh. fuck does eh mean? 
Um, I liked it because the characters were well written. The dialogue was snappy. The soundtrack grabbed you as soon as it fucking started. I don't care if uh, it was John Favreau or whoever it was. The scenes where he's chopping the shit, and if it was just food porn, fuck whatever. With that soundtrack, I was fucking well, hooked. Let me ask you both. First of all, do you both like to cook? Sure, I've cooked. But do you like to cook? I don't mind it. And did you go into this movie hungry? Oh, if, if you're going to ask that this uh, any of these dishes made you hungry, you I hope you're saying yes. Well, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I was watching some other reviews, people's reviews of mm-hmm. the movie, and they say that the majority of the people who've loved this movie are, one, people who love to cook, and people who watched the movie while they were hungry. Oh, okay. So that might affect opinions. I don't know. I will say... John Favreau does an amazing job of acting in this movie. The acting, the comedy, um, the characters, all great characters. The story did nothing for me. Wait, so how did the so how do how do you how do you play that? If the characters were great and catchy, the but acting the story, was that but they're telling a story. Yeah, they're telling a story. And the food looked great. I, I think the food looked great. The story was so predictable I couldn't get into it. There were so many long pauses. There were, you know, just everything moved so slow, especially in the beginning. It just, it didn't do anything. The story did nothing for me. But I think Favreau did a fantastic job as an actor in this, as a writer of it, not a fan. Oh, I love the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was great. I love the bit with Robert Downey Jr. I I love the whole thing. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I I feel like that um, that this is... Not to be insincere, but I feel like this is my issue that I had when I was watching Flash Gordon. My Flash Gordon experience, I I, I didn't embrace the comic book part. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's like, eh. So I get what you're saying about you not in, enjoying the movie because of that. Because it just, it didn't pull you in. And and you didn't appreciate it because of that. And so I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that and and I know you're saying that you... The Don, you said you rooted for the character, especially the, the chef. Um, I found him kind of to be a dick dad. Yeah, but he was trying. That's yeah, the but point. Then he, like, he yells at his kid and he gets all angry with him because he doesn't want to clear out that shrimp thing in the truck. And he's why, a 13 year old. Why? Because he wants him to work hard. But they, oh, but, don't do, don't but do you kids. yell at your kid? Uh, have I raised my voice at my kids? Yes. Yeah, but not for something like that. Oh, uh, probably for something way less. Uh, actually, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I thought that was kind have, of a have, dick move. So, have, have you ever yelled at Joey? No. So, for me, growing up, my my stress in my day is not to be um, manifested upon my kids, but I know that it was. And it was done in an indirect way, but I, I definitely felt myself many times with, you know, I know just right where Carl is at when he's trying to, uh, each time his son's like, can I go? Well, can I go? Like, you know, he just wants to be just in the kitchen. He's happy just to sit in the corner or he just wants to go to the market. And dad like, nope, nope, nope. Because just, nope, I, I, he's a little too high strung. And I have felt that many times with my own kids when, when they were younger and I am trying to get myself to be the best dad that I can be when I know I'm not being the best dad that I can be. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, th- I thought that uh, it was uh, very well written. Uh, I'm a big fan of John, John Favreau. Uh, he's has a pretty good track record, you know, swingers, elf, uh, that one cowboys flag. and aliens. Uh, did he do cowboys and aliens? He did. He also yes. did, uh, Zathuria, the space Jumanji. Oh, have you ever yeah, seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. Did you No, you probably didn't like no. it. It was just like Jumanji. So it was predictable. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I didn't think it was a bad movie. I, I thought it was fun. I like yeah. Dax Shepard. I think he's funny. Uh, anyway, yeah. and then he did that one movie uh, with that one guy. What's it called? Oh, you, you the, really the, narrowed the, it down. The the, the 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 Iron Man. Yeah, that one. That one guy with that one. Movie. Yeah, the yeah. Iron Man. The Iron Man. He, I think that did okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. He did pretty good on that, yeah. I guess. And I was super surprised to find out that he was behind the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. What do you, What do you think of the idea? And I think Favreau has already kind of shot this down a little bit. This theory that people had which was he made this movie based off of himself. That he had done some big movies and he'd done a lot of movies that have flopped and he got got caught into making movies as as being told how the movies were going to be. So he went back to his independent roots oh, this and felt- tried to make a movie <clears throat> that was like his movie. I mean, he's he acted more and did more in this movie than you've seen him do in any other parts. So a lot of people are saying that it was almost a metaphor for his own life. Wow, whether it was a, a metaphor for his life or not, they say that uh, when you write a good story, you use past experience or you use experience uh, when writing it. And if that's what he used uh, to write the script, then um, I'm sh- yeah. That make total makes sense. Totally makes sense. Do you want me to shut up now so you can talk about the plot a little? No, no, dude. This is <laughs> fine. This is good. Um, I'm, I guess I'm baffled, boggled. I don't know. Uh, well, I want. I went into this movie really wanting to like it, and I, I, I love the. And, I thought the cooking scenes were amazing because this is the most realistic cooking scenes. But and was, I know the training he went through to do it, but again, it's the story that killed me. It's too. Pretty and julie who loves these type of movies could not get into this movie i i love your wife i do but her her movie uh what am i trying to say her her movie repartee uh, repartee sketchy at best yeah but it's just sci-fi she doesn't do anything sci-fi that's the only thing she loves dramas cooking her favorite movie out there is bridesmaids um you know she loves all these kind of movies and this movie had some humor but again, it, well, it wasn't supposed to be a comedy. First it, of all, it had some humor. It had no, some it did, funny but part. John Leguizamo is. I I love him. I know a lot of people don't like him as an actor. I think he's brilliant. But I love him and in he, almost everything I've ever seen him. And in. he nailed this this yeah. spot. Uh, I liked Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Her uh, her her part was uh, brief, but you know. What did you think of Dustin good. Hoffman? I fucking loved Dustin Hoffman in this role. Yeah. I've, awesome. I've seen that owner. I've worked with that owner. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've worked in restaurants and yeah. I've worked with that chef. I've been part of that crew. So. Did you know that Oliver Platt's brother is actually a food critic? I did not know that. Yeah. So he basically modeled after his own brother. So <laughs> let's get back to predictable. <laughs> so I, I I understand what you're saying and it, about the bit with uh, didn't have any conflict. Mm-hmm. When I saw this film, it was... As I was watching it, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
right? Uh, the kid's going to get hit by a car or the wife actually has cancer or something's going to go wrong. And the fact that it didn't, and this story was just about this guy who's trying to get his fucking life together, which is predictably, uh, predictably 90% of the movies out there. So whatever, um, that I was okay with that because the way I felt the story was told was, um, in, it was uh, very rich and it was uh, musical and they used music as a big part of it. And I didn't see that uh, uh, Cuban turn coming at all. You know, I, I figured uh, since Sofia Vergara was in it, I mean, she'd be some sort of Latina. Right. And so for her family to be uh, Cuban and then they go see the grandpa play and I, I fucking was sold a hundred percent. And the best thing that could have happened to Carl was him leaving the restaurant. It did make so, him happier, but I just found there was no, for me, not saying for you, for me, there was no hero to root for because Carl was just getting everything he wants, which is obviously he quits his job. The next big thing for him is to go somewhere else and cook. And in this case, it's the food truck. That's the sheer definition of a hero. But I just, I never, never felt like I was rooting for him. I was rooting for the kid if I was rooting for anybody. And I felt like the kid just got worked to death. Well, I guess that what it is was you just didn't, you didn't buy the character. You didn't buy his character. No. And I guess, yeah. Well, but but To again, each his own, I suppose. Again, I thought John Favreau did an amazing acting job in this. Because, you know, I haven't, I've seen him in other acting parts with small dialogue, things here and there. This one, he actually could, you know, he shows he has the chops to do a big movie. But I just wish it had a better story. I wish, like, as you were saying, you were waiting for the shoe to drop. You're waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for... And I was relieved the, the that the it food, didn't. The food critic come out with his own food truck, or the food critic comes with his little posse to shoot down this food truck to show that... It's not a gang it's, war. It's crappy... But, well, he's got the whole Twitter. They said in the early on that half the people were supporting him on Twitter and half the people were against him on Twitter. I wanted him to come, the food critic, having to eat his own words, saying that this is a great... Th no, he just says, uh, I just wanted to know. I was just playing with you, and and I actually love your food, and well, they, I'd like to give you money so you can open up a restaurant. Okay, A, they never talked yeah. during this whole thing, right? Favreau comes in and yells at him, and he doesn't get a chance to rebuttal. Favreau just leaves, and then they, they don't talk again. The critic seeks him out to tell him yo i thought we were just playing because at the time he probably did until favreau blew up but then favreau disappears so i but mean I, I totally bought the food critic being uh i was actually super relieved that he was like oh dude i'm glad to see you're cooking again this is fucking fantastic but i can't write about it because i'm gonna back you that was fucking awesome. But then again, it never resolved in the beginning where he basically went off on all food critics. Carl went off on food critics for shitting on our, you know, what we do. And he's still a food critic. And now he's partners with that food critic that he shit on in the beginning for being a food critic. I got more out of the food critic in Ratatouille than I did in the food critic in this one. <laughs> Oh, John, that says so much about you. All right, we should probably let's get move started. Along. Yeah, yeah let, let's get this thing cooking. Yeah, no shit, huh? <clears throat> wow. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to go on? Uh, no, 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 no. We 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 got to read through this stuff, don't we? I'll just I can do it. You know, 
in this boring ass rehashed my movie Miami Born Wait, Carl Casper rehashed from what uh, over the top. Sylvester, this Sylvester is not Stallone. a rehash of over the top. <laughs> this is a rehash of over the top. It is not. <laughs> okay, so a guy has problems with his kid, so they go on a traveling journey across country where the kid helps him in his you know profession slash hobby to win the hearts and win the goal, and in the end, everything works out great. That's he's not, a happy family again. That's not over the top. That's over the top. It's the arm wrestling one. Yeah, that's not over the top. And they travel in the semi, and they go contest to contest, and in the end, the kid helps them, you know, win the contest, and they rekindle their relationship. And father and son are all happy go lucky. Sounds a little bit more like every which way but lose. I don't know about that one. That's Clint Eastwood with the monkey, Clyde. Yeah, is right? that is, is that the story? To swing left, Clyde, with? or something, or left hook, Clyde. Left hook. Left hook, Clyde. Left hook. All right, Don. Bring us have, home. Have we stalled enough time? Oh no, 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 no. That was that was good. That was good. You know, your your argument is funny because you can say that about so many films. So many films. And so I think it goes I think it goes a little bit deeper on why you don't like this film. And, and uh, why do I not why do I not? Uh, like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let Don finish. You're the one that interrupted me. In the movie. Uh God damn it, now you made me lose my thought. Thanks, Professor. But you were pointing dramatically at me. Pleasure. So that was helping. Yeah. Oh. And he was doing it defiantly. That, that's why we need cameras in here. <laughs> you don't Because it was cameras. a really dramatic point. God damn it, what was I going to fucking say? It'll come back professor to you. Professor, fuck that all up. Oh, me. Professor. Fuck Miami born Carl Casper is the head chef at Galilee's in Brenton, Los Angeles. Do it, as in, do it in a Dustin Hoffman voice. Oh, I don't think I can. Here, Jer- I'm just going to. Jerry I'm, Seinfeld? I'm just going to roll with Jerry that. Seinfeld? We'll go as Rain Man. I could do a Rain Miami Man. Miami born Carl Casper. That's not uh, Seinfeld. No, okay, what is what is Seinfeld sound like? Okay, hold on. I have to get Wheaties, why Wheaties? There's, wh- no, there's not why? talk of Wheaties. I, I, thanks, genius. I have Go. to get into character. Dude, I'm not. I'm not an on-spot uh, actor as good as you are, sir. I need to warm up. I need to get this flowing. When Jerry Seinfeld <sighs> listens to this, he's going to cry. Well, uh, hopefully, Jerry. Why are you listening? Wait, was that Kramer? I was going to say, it sounded like Kramer or Jason Alexander. Yeah, it was kind of all three of them. See, you put me on the spot, and I, I have uh, Seinfeld Tourette's. I tried to do all the do characters the at once. Dance or whatever it was. Elaine Dance. Elaine? That was The Elaine was Dance. You know my brother dances just like that? You know, I, I've it's only fantastic. seen a couple episodes of Seinfeld. Really? Yeah, never got into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Does tell you a lot? In a weird sort of way, yeah. Maybe it's because <laughs> it was the same plot. Yeah, a show about nothing. Would you like me to shut up now? No. I mean, yes. Yes, I would like you to shut up. Professor, do you have anything else you want to say before you get me off track again? No, I, I'm just... Uh, Did you remember what you were going to say? What? Did you remember what you were going to say yet? No, but it... Uh, it was really good. No, I know. It was really good. You said that... I said that uh, you could say that about so many movies. Oh, there is a deeper reason why I think you don't like this film, and we're gonna we're gonna bring it out as we watch. 
Because I hate kids? Or Wait, no, 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 that no. That was no. the big reveal, and we're going to talk about this later. Yeah, but the no, okay. <laughs> the moment was that I had forgotten, okay. and you fucked me all up, dun, and dun, it's dun. still your fault. Still your fault. In part two, <laughs> you guys are gonna have to make me. You guys are gonna make me edit this shit. <laughs> Miami-born Carl Casper is the head chef of Galois in Brentwood, Los Angeles. While popular with his kitchen staff and hostess Molly, Carl clashes with the restaurant's owner Riva who wants him to stick to classical cuisine rather than innovative dishes. Carl also has a strained relationship with his tech-savvy preteen son, Percy, and his rich ex-wife, Inez. When Carl has the chance to serve a prestigious food critic and blogger, Ramsey Michelle, Riva demands he prepare old favorites at the last minute. Carl concedes, leading to a scathing review. Carl insults Ramsey on Twitter, not realizing that his reply is public and gains a large online following. Carl comes up with a new menu that his staff loves and invites Ramsey to a rematch, but leaves after confronting Riva, who wants the old menu again. All right, so this movie opens uh, with Jon Favreau preparing some food. And I got to tell you, for me, uh, the soundtrack the song that's playing that's starting the movie uh, combined with the actions that we were watching on screen. I mean, it, it started to grab me from there. I like the pace of it. I like the way it was cut. I like the way he was using the knife, how he was cutting, just getting everything ready. He was totally being a chef. I just thought it was a fantastic opening. I totally dug the music. It really helped move the storyline or shall we say it really helped move the movie along the story is light, I agree. And I think that the story, having the music accompany it, makes it for such a whimsical, light, and fun uh, flourish as we watch the preparations of the foods. And the preparations is such a delight to watch as the culinary expertise is showcased throughout in little moments. Uh, the handiwork of the knife the efficiency and the briskness of the work at some times as opposed to other times where you see that um, the work is done methodically and slow. And, and I really think that the music really propels the movie along at a very fun, lighthearted way. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I, I liked the realism in this movie. I, I felt of all the cooking movies I think I've ever watched, this one felt like they had done their homework. They had prepared, you know, uh, John had trained with, I think it was named Roy Choi and yeah. learned how, you know, it's really done. And, and you could also get out of it that he was enjoying what he was doing, that this was something he enjoyed. Um, yeah. Of course, you could have taken the soundtrack and put it with any cooking show, like on one of those home networks and get kind of the same effect. Um, I disagree. Uh, I respectfully disagree. Um, there's no respect in it. Th there's there's so many reasons why your statement is so wrong, and I don't think our listeners have the time uh, or energy to uh, hear it. So that being said, uh, now we kind of meet who Carl is. He he's kind of a high strung uh, chef who who loves what he does, right? And then we're introduced to uh, the kitchen, the kitchen staff. Uh, oh, so briefly. Right. But it's a uh, uh, reviewer is coming, is it? Yes. Yeah, they're preparing for it. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. He's preparing his menu. And then all of a sudden it's 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. Oh, geez. I got to go get my son. Yeah. 
Right. And so now we're introduced to the kid and the ex-wife, the lovely Sofia Vergara from Modern Family. Uh, I like the I like the kid that they got to play Percy. I I, I thought he was I thought he was a great character. He was Uh, he was a gem. Yeah, he he played the part well. He he played it very well, in my opinion. I really enjoyed his his uh, uh, genuineness in delivering his dialogue. Sure. And so we know that uh, Carl and Nez aren't together. We assume that they are uh, divorced. Uh, do we care why? They never really say why in this movie, do they? Right, but do we care why? I kind of care. I'm a nosy person. I didn't. Yeah, neither do I. People doesn't matter. People get together and break up for a hundred different reasons. I got the impression, of course, and I'm reading between the lines, that he was so involved in his cooking, the way he treated his kid, too, that he was kind of ignoring the kid and choosing the cooking that he probably did the same to the wife and he alienated the wife. Well, the problem was it wasn't just the cooking. I think it was the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. So I got got the impression she was just ignored. Sure. Sure. I think that's fair. Yeah. And at this point where we meet the characters, that's where they are, you Mm -hmm. know? So that's a fair, uh, fair statement. But it is, it is a good change from other movies that it's not a hostile relationship. It's a very friendly um, they all get along, uh, and you can see the need for in the kid's eyes for his father's attention, but it's not like, you know, the wife and the husband or the ex-wife and the husband are kind of fighting and hostile towards each other. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a refreshing change. The other thing that I really enjoyed about Percy's character is I really appreciated how they made him so tech savvy oh sure it was hilarious you know oh, the, sure. you know just the, a, a, a young kid and he is instantly tech savvy and so when you know when carl's saying yeah i'll ask mom if it doesn't work out next month then we'll go or something but we'll definitely check it out i already did she's cool with it you asked her already where do you get a phone how do, how come you already have a phone already yeah, and I love how surprised Favreau is uh, yes. about that whole situation because I I can remember seeing you know throughout the school and stuff uh, coaching the basketball team the the boys would have phones and pretty early on one of them would have uh, one of them had a phone and I remember thinking to myself why the fuck do you have a phone when did you get a phone right so that that moment was funny and and Favreau sold it because. You know, I bought it. He made me feel like I, how I have felt many times with my own children and dealing with their own tech, uh, tech savviness. It's mm-hmm. just like, wait. I took this scene a little bit differently. I took it as one, uh, Favreau doesn't really know what's going on with this kid because he hasn't been that involved and hasn't been paying that much attention. And so that's kind of a starting out point in this movie to say that he needs to pay more attention to what's going on in his kid's life. And two, he's so involved in his cooking and so involved in that world, he's not paying attention to the outside world. He doesn't know what Twitter is. He doesn't know, you know, everyone has phones. He, you know, doesn't know this information. He's not as tech savvy because he's just involved in old school cooking. So the way you took it is exactly how it is. That's the character of Carl Casper at this moment as we meet him. So moving forward, we meet Riva. Yes. What a delight to have Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, right? What a delight. Yeah. And heavy hitter. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And and he he's very passive aggressive about the whole you should play your hits, right? Until it's time not to. Carl's getting ready. 
right? He, he's telling everybody what to do. He's getting his marching orders. It, it, it's kind of a real stressful time for him. And even when uh, Scarlett Johansson comes in and tells him that Reva's there, he, he's still kind of trying to push her off saying, stall him, stall him, stall him. Uh, but when he gets there, you know, he's very, he's like, so what are you going to do? And Carl's like, you know, I can't do this with you right now. And then Reva says, you know, can we have a minute? And I love the line when uh, Reva looks at the other guys in the kitchen and they look at Carl and then mm-hmm. they look back at Reva and he goes, he says something like, I own the joint, but you got to look at him before you leave the fucking kitchen. The writing crackles during this scene. Yes, absolutely. You get a, an instant uh, picture, big picture of what their relationship is. This is the owner who thinks he gets to make all the decisions. And here you have the head chef who basically only came there because he felt the owner told him he'd have control. Yeah, creative control. You said when you hired me, you, I get to do what I want. Yeah, and he basically he's like, well, no, I own this business, so yep. I lied. Yep. But I mean, ultimately, Riva's not wrong, right? He didn't make a very good decision, and he played it safe, and it uh, burnt everyone. So ultimately, Riva's responsible for this meltdown. Right, if he would have just held uh, held up his end of the bargain, John Favreau wouldn't be driving cross country, winning an arm wrestling contest. Well, right? the the big thing too with this is that Reva's making this critical decision of let's use the old, you know, the old menu with the the hits that work, but it's not Reva that gets reviewed; it's the chef that gets reviewed. Oh yeah, and so you know, Favreau's character is getting his ass grinded by the reviewer, Oliver Platt. And, you know, they mention the restaurant, but the restaurant isn't to blame. It's the chef that's to blame. So I understand exactly why he was so hostile. Yeah, he finds out that this fancy uh, food dude's coming. He wants to put on a show. He went to the market. He cut up a pig. I like that bit when uh, he checks in with John Leguizamo, who is uh, awesome in this movie. Uh, Says something about the bacon. He says, who's bacon is this? He's like, I got to watch this too. He goes, when I find you, you'll be grabbing your ankles, Papi Chulo. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like you said, the writing crackles. Well, I like when they come in and he comes in and he's just telling everybody, I got the pig. And they're yeah. like, you got the pig? I yeah. got the pig. Yeah. Molly. What did you think of Molly? Such a delight. I felt like Molly is there to represent the audience. Us. Why? Was there enough of her? Oh, it was fine. Every person that was in this film, I felt had the uh, appropriate screen time, I, I just, guess, if you will. I just didn't feel like that whole relationship was ever really built on or went anywhere. It was like, well, did they? Didn't they? Is there something going to happen? Is there not something that's going to happen? Okay, they're close, but okay, she's gone. She's done with the story. And that bothered you? It just yeah, there's just no resolution for whatever was going on with them. Like it felt like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is a new budding relationship. Maybe these two are going to end up together. Oh, be, I didn't, I didn't think it was budding at all. I think I didn't. I, 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 I felt like that. this. I felt like this had been going on and on mm. because oh yeah, dude. Because she even says uh, as he goes in to kiss her, she uh, she says, "I thought we weren't going to do this anymore." You don't say that at a new budding relationship, but anymore. So what? Like they had done that kind of thing in the past. Does it matter at that point? I I don't know. I didn't think that they had necessarily done it before. I think that they had uh, skirted the Mm. issue. Oh, no. I think they've been in a full-on bang session for- Bumping the uglies. Yeah, at least for a little while. Hey, with her, her, there is no ugly. (laughs) But I love how he ultimately convinces her. He says, 
I'll cook for you. And then she's like, oh, fuck it. Let's go. Right. And then that pasta he makes. Oh, my God. And that's that, that that's why I feel like that she represents the audience because we are treated to as best as we can be in looking at a television screen or just the screen, if you will. We have to experience it through her emotions, through her on the screen. And the way she tells that story as he's creating it, and you probably didn't notice because you were bored and tuned out by that point, but the way when he's cooking it, her expressions, mm-hmm. it's a buildup, yeah. right? And there is a climax at the end, and yeah. it's it's very subtle, And it, but it and the music that's going on, it was a very well done scene, and it makes me want pasta every single time, which is why I chose this movie. Because not only did I want pasta, but I wanted a fucking grilled cheese sandwich. I that, wanted a that Cuban. That grilled cheese was amazing. Right? So, but yeah, fucking A. Now, the question, oh, I'm sorry, Professor Cohen. Go ahead. I'll say, do you feel like that whole scene, though, was a metaphor for sex? Well, yeah. The buildup, the ingredients, the sizzle. Did you the, not? The serving up and then her reaction at the end. Yeah. I thought, that's what I thought. I just wanted to see what your impression was. Yeah, I I kind of just described Did you hear the, the way thing. she groaned when she took that bite? Yeah. And she rolled <laughs> I mean, her it eyes? It was very much yeah. a metaphor. So that was his his style, his yeah, his game. And that's why I feel like that we as the audience can invest in Carl and believe what it is that he wants to push on his people as he serves his food based on how much Molly, you know, has, you know, this rapturous moment in enjoying his food. Yeah. So it's the day after uh, he cooked for Michelle, fed him the classics. They start reading the review. We assume it's uh, the next day after work because they're at the bar. And that's usually what kitchen staff did. Uh, kitchen and wait staff, we go hang out at the bar. Uh, and the review comes in and, uh, you know, he starts to read it. And then he just gets kicked in the fucking balls. So what does he do? He gets all pissed off, and what does he do? Learns about Twitter. Well, no, doesn't he make the... Not, well, no, he do, he cooks first. Yeah. He goes into that cooking thing where he just starts buying stuff and starts creating. There's that whole right. montage. Right, and then after that, then we meet Inez. Inez, right, because well, he has to pick up Percy again. Wasn't that montage, mm-hmm. the cooking montage, when he left the second time? When he was told he had to cook the menu, he went home, and while the restaurant was preparing all the food, he was cooking all the food he wanted to in a month. That was later. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. It, it, yeah, it's the same same Style. concept. Okay. Yeah, you know, when, the point is, is when he was upset, you knew he was the character that went and cooked because that's what relaxed him and calmed him because he made all those dishes, and then his kitchen staff came in, and th- they were even like, oh, shit, you were up all night. You know what that means. And they start eating. And he goes, this is the shit we should have served. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite Reva back, and we're going to fucking do it the right way. Ramsey, not Reva. Oh, you're right. But this is after he gets introduced to Twitter, and he does that first Twitter message that he thought was just privately going to him. What was the me- Do you remember what the message is that he wrote something about? Kiss his ass? Or what no. Was no, uh, you wouldn't know a good meal if it sat on your face. Oh, sat on your face. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about that grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, yeah, because this is where he makes Percy his grilled cheese sandwich. The best part of that grilled cheese sandwich of watching was the crunch. Oh, yeah. And and the way he prepared it and the way he moved it around. And I love what he says to Percy when Percy says, that's a pretty good sandwich. Bet your ass it's a good sandwich. Because he fucking knows it's a good sandwich, mm-hmm. dude. 
Yeah, watching him prepare the sandwich, it's like, okay, you're making a grilled. Wow, that's a lot of work for a grilled cheese. Yeah, okay. And and then uh, as as the sandwich gets prepared, and then um, I appreciate the uh, the delicateness that is shown when he is uh, lifting the sandwich up oh so briefly off of the grill, and we look at the brownness of the sandwich yes. uh, next to the spatula that he doesn't want to rush it and he wants to make sure that it's right. And then when he slides it onto the board and the knife cuts through the bread and you get that crunch, it's just like, Oh, the other thing that happens right immediately after this, this is where we get the first little nugget between him and his son. You know, they're hanging out and they're doing stuff because we always saw Carl previously pushing him off. Nope. Can't do it. Can I just hang out in the kitchen? Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, it was fun. We had fun, right? The theater? No, can't do it. Yeah. At home, Carl prepares the menu he wanted while his sous chef Tony serves Ramsey the same dishes from his prior visit. Ramsey tweets negatively about Carl, provoking Carl into confronting him at the restaurant. Videos of Carl's meltdown goes viral, leaving him humiliated and unemployed. Carl reluctantly accepts Inez's invitation to accompany her and Percy to Miami, where he rediscovers his love for Cuban cuisine. At Nez's encouragement, her ex-husband Marvin offers Carl a dilapidated food truck. Carl and Percy bond while restoring the truck and buying groceries, and Carl gives him a chef's knife. Martin, Carl's friend and former line cook, turns down his promotion at Galloway's to join Carl, who has reignited his passion as a chef. So when Riva and Carl duke it out, I totally could hear the uh the the uh the situation being for real that, oh yeah that sounds like that has probably happened a thousand different times yeah i i, I totally bought that but well, I, I really enjoyed dustin hoffman's portrayal yeah he's he's kind of a dick right so carl goes out he cooks he wants to serve a new dish and yet again reva says no we're doing it this way and then they fucking it just explodes carl walks out and is it Tony, uh, Tony's the... Mm-hmm. The sous, I believe, the yep, sous chef. The sous chef, mm-hmm. right? So Tony becomes the new the chef. The and, new he, chef. and there's that moment where Carl looks at him and says, come on, Tony, let's go. And Tony, if you're Tony, what are you going to do? You're going to stay right fucking there. That's your fucking career, right? Damn right. I well, mean, that, that's the whole point of probably being a sous chef is you one day hope to be. The yeah, you're chef. the understudy, Yeah, right? Yeah. This is his chance. Yeah, I bet you don't see that in a reality TV show. But I kind of, you know, agreed with Carl at the time because you don't want to become a head chef at a place that's going to stifle you and make you cook something that you know is just going to get more bad reviews. Tony has no dog in this fight. And so this is, this is between Carl and uh, Ramsey again. So Tony's like, oh, Ramsey and and Riva, right? Well, against the two of them, really. Right. So Tony's just waiting for Carl to fuck up and leave, which happens or maybe he doesn't fuck up, but he quits. Mm-hmm. Because he's not going to do it. He's not going to say, I love the bit where every time Ramsey gets a plate delivered to him, it's the same fucking thing. And he looks around like he's being pranked. Am I on candid camera? Oh my God. It was so funny. And it was mm-hmm. so well edited with uh, Carl going home and creating the meal that he wanted to create for How was Ramsey. he planning on getting the the uh, uh, Ramsey 
to his place to taste the food. I don't know how he figured that was going to go. I don't think he that kind of was the thought in his head. I Not thought it all. was more of... It was cathartic. Yeah, just him... Rage vent- cooking? It's his yes. venting. It's, yeah, yes. he was venting of, this is what he should have eaten, and this is it, and, you know, I can do this, and I can do that, and I don't need anybody else. And, and he did it quite well. Yeah. I thought it was a great scene. What did you think of a scene when he came back to the restaurant and went off? On, Ram- on Ramsey. They did that so well that I was uncomfortable during his rant. Mm-hmm. And if and if a movie and a character and the actor portraying the character can make me, who's sitting in the audience, feel uncomfortable while that's going on, they're doing their fucking job. Mm-hmm. It started being funny, and then it got awkward, and yes. then it got uncomfortable. Yes. It's fucking Malton. It's Malton, you asshole. He just... he. Just word vomits all over him. All this pent up frustration, everything. Uh, I love because uh, uh, he calls Molly, or Molly calls him, or something, and he's all, "Is he still? Is he still there? And, yeah, we, where are you at? What what course are you on? Yeah, keep him there, and then you know it's fucking on. And the way he just kind of he just charges in. It was it was a fucking great scene. Love that scene. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder though. Uh, do head chefs really feel that way about food critics? You know, are this is like their bane of their existence or do they understand like food critics are just doing their job too? They've got to entertain the readers. I think it depends on how personally the critic attacks the chef in the review. Mm-hmm. If they can keep it strictly about the food, mm-hmm. then you got to respect that, right? But as a chef, I'm sure you put your heart and soul into that. So while yes, it is just their job, Sometimes they can, it, sometimes it seems like they are shitting all over your soul, but you know, you, you put your soul into it. So you kind of have to expect that coming back at them. Do, do I think that all chefs hate food critics? Not at all. Do I think there are feuds? Absolutely. Um, so I thought this movie did a good job of portraying what really goes on. And they gotta know, they gotta know being out in the public like this, that you can't please everybody all the time. There are going to be people that are not going to like your work. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I love that, uh, and I what I love is at the end they kind of put it into your head that Oliver Platt was just having fun this whole time. He thought Carl and him were just fucking around when Carl really thought that he was fucking ruining his life. You know what I mean? And and so mm-hmm. yeah, I think the only thing that bothered me about the scene and the blow up was he was blowing up and defending food that he didn't even want to cook. I thought the whole rant should be, I didn't even want to make you that food. Why? That's an excuse. Why don't you come over and make and eat the food I can make you? Like, he wasn't even there that night, and he still got reviewed poorly because he wasn't, you know, he's he's serving me the same food. He wasn't even there, and he was told early on, Oliver Platt was told early on, the chef's not even here. Right. Which, obviously, he went home for a reason. So, but, yes, but this this rant or this this uh, explosion that Favreau has all over Platt uh, is because of what happened previously. And it shouldn't matter. It but shouldn't matter. Previously, matter. he didn't even want to cook uh, that no, I, and, and I get that, but he had to cook it. But it wasn't that he cooked it. It was the way that the reviewer said he had cooked it, that he mm-hmm. had no heart, or that it just was, it was just real shitty. Uh, it didn't matter what he would have cooked for him, perhaps, uh, he knew it was an old menu, and I guess Ramsey knew it was an old menu too, so he was kind of doomed coming in. But it was Favreau's fucking fault because he conformed to Riva. But wasn't the reviewer actually right? There was no heart in that food because Favreau didn't want to cook it. He didn't put the, it's not the heart point. into it. It's not the point. It hurt his feelings. Whether, yeah. whether it was right or not, it, it's, all, yeah. it's all opinion. 
Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all opinion, right? So it doesn't matter who was right. Uh, Favreau got kicked in the balls. He wanted retribution and the freakout scene. Fucking loved it. So you know when this whole freakout scene is happening, I really think that what was his name? Ramsey Michelle. Ramsey Michelle. I really thought that he played it very well. I, I really enjoyed the way he just kind of sort of sat there and smiled. Loved it. He just he he, he was almost like he couldn't believe what was really, going he's on. Looking around again, like yeah. he's being punked. My ratings are going to go through the roof. Totally right. So yeah, he has his meltdown, he gets fired, he goes home. Hopes to recover from this. And I love his how he explains his naive, naivete about what's happening online. He says, I'm like a cat playing a piano. Yeah. That's how little he knows right. about the internet. <laughs> yeah. Is it that bad? Yeah. So he goes uh, to Inez's and Inez, they're going down to Miami to see uh, her father. And she uh, suggests to him, why don't you come with us? And he's like, I'm a little short on funds. And she's like, don't worry about it. You you can watch Percy, I guess, you know. And she takes care of the whole thing, which means that she, she still cares about him. It, I kind of felt like she was just kind of waiting for him to figure out what he wanted. Well, didn't they hint earlier in the movie that she was trying to talk him into a food truck? Yeah, I think they touched and on it briefly. I felt like this was a way that you could subtly get him down to Miami to talk to the ex-husband who was going to invest in a food truck. Well, he gave him the food truck. Did I he give him or did he invest? I think it was kind of like a part, a silent partner. Yeah. Either way, the, the, the truck came from Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. They, he says yes, and they go down to Miami. And I, I love that, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., I love that they cast him as the ex-husband. And I love that interaction between him and Favreau. It was very, uh, you could tell that they had worked together before. Mm-hmm. Marvin played a little bit, okay, a lot of Tony Stark in there. Yes, yes, yes. He, he was did. delightful to watch. Yes. And, and and the dual conversation that was going on between the receptionist being pregnant and which color swatch should he pick, you know, and, and <laughs> it's out of the question to take the booties off of your shoes. No, can't do that. Right. Oh, I liked the kind of setting up who, what Marvin's character was when he said, you know, she's pregnant and it's not mine because I got fixed. And he's like, but you know what? I could marry her and then hold that against her. I can yeah. use it later. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of, a, it kind of an interesting, it kind of tells you why probably that other marriage didn't work out too well. Yeah. Well, yeah. It tells you that he's an asshole, yeah. but he's an asshole with a food truck and he fits carl's needs at the moment mm-hmm. and so yeah when inez first mentions it or they had talked about it before he he kind of played it off like it was an insult right i'm a fucking chef i don't need a food truck right and now he's here and he needs this fucking food truck so it's he, he's almost starting at the roots again he's starting over and he's trying to build himself back up by making himself a better man what did you think about Percy turn, being turned into a slave cleaning out that truck? I thought it was good for him. Man, he I was a trooper. That, he was I, a trooper. Well, and not at first. At first, he was a whiny little crybaby like all of today's generation and yesterday's generation are. So good for fucking Favreau for making him do hard work. Well, Favreau kind of said early on that things are different when you're in a kitchen, that you know the chef isn't your friend. He isn't a nice guy. And so that's kind of the impression I got. He was treating the kid like he was a kitchen worker like you know when i tell you to do something you do it and if i give you a horrible job you still do it you know that's just the way things are in a kitchen but i also feel like he lost 
touch and why he apologized later, this still is just a little kid who just wants his father's approval, who just wants, you know, to spend some time with his father. And he's and a little kid his age doesn't want to do something disgusting like that. Maybe he needs a break. He's only 13 years old. Oh, poor baby. He was fine. He cleaned out the fucking shrimp and the day went on and he even got a sip of beer out of it. So his father, so is Favreau the perfect father? No, but who is? Yeah, but I, the way he handled it, I don't think was the greatest way because his kid isn't just a kitchen worker. His kid isn't one of his employees. His kid is his kid and sometimes you got to show kids a little bit of sympathy. Uh, Not no. stepkids, but regular kids. No, you don't. S- uh, sympathy lands in between shit and syphilis. So... No, you don't. It was uh, it was the way he acted towards this kid, and I thought it was fucking awesome. I've seen you baby your daughter. I know how it works. <laughs> you want to tell me that, you that very well may be true. Like but you, you know what I was going to say was, well, I'm sure glad you didn't write this fucking movie. I'd see you treat your son like that, but I don't think you'd ever treat your daughter and like so, that. And Favreau's treating his son like that, so yeah. you should be fine with it. I don't know why I bothered you then. Okay. And then we have Martin show up in Miami. Love having Martin. Wait, who? What's the name? John Leguizamo's character. Yeah. What's his name? Martin. Oh. I thought that was Downey Jr.'s name. Marvin. Marvin. Fuck you guys. Martin. Fuck you. Martin. See, that's another problem with this movie is the naming of the characters. Yeah. Only if you had a real problem with this movie and not just something that you perhaps heard. Um, okay, so... Can we get back to talking about Over the Top? I mean, uh, the, the chef. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, this is where it becomes Over the Top. Fucking A. Right here. They get the food truck up and running. Martin shows up, which I thought was Martin. brilliant. He just dropped everything and showed up because he told Favreau he would. He wanted the adventure. I thought that was really cool of him. I love how he kept saying, my cousin can get this, my cousin can get that. Uh Favreau and his kid are trying to get all that heavy equipment into the, all the appliances into the food truck and the, the workers over there wouldn't help him. And then Martin shows up and gets everything rolling. And then there's that scene where he does, uh, Carl takes uh, his kid to get his first knife, which, you know, I'm sure for Carl and the character, that was a big, that was a big deal. Why did you just shake your head? No, I, I wasn't shaking my head. I just wasn't listening. Oh, okay. All right, so I was, trying to, I was actually trying to find some more information that I was going to throw at you. You're wearing a headset. How can you not be listening? <laughs> so anyway, the knife scene, what do you think? I like the knife scene because he paused for just a moment and we saw that it was a very serious conversation between him and his son, not to be taken lightly. And Percy does not take it lightly. He says somberly, yes, chef. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, and it was it was good that they had the bonding of, of uh, purchasing the equipment as well. Yeah, and and it's those moments that yeah he hasn't been the best father, but he can't get those moments back. Those are over and done with. Time keeps moving forward. The world keeps spinning. So what is he doing now? He's trying to make the most of it by spending time with his son. And if that means he has to force him to do what he likes to do, so be it. When the kid gets older, this is what he's going to remember. Yeah. And he's going to remember that this trip led to his parents getting back together. This trip started him on a cooking, if that's somewhere he wanted to go. doesn't matter. This trip is something he will always remember. Yeah, I, I a, think so, too. It's a magical moment. You know, a, a father passing on something that, you know, represents, you know, what he loves to his son. 
you know, the in this case, Carl giving his son the knife, and in Over the Top, Sylvester Stallone giving the hat to his son. So yeah, it's about the same thing. He doesn't give him the hat; he just lets him wear it. Know, yeah. you, know your fucking know your fucking references, dude. This is his knife that belongs to him. The hat still belongs to yeah. Lincoln Hawk. Sylvester Stallone doesn't get the hat back. Yes, he does, because he's wearing it when he puts the fucking eagle on it, dude. Don't challenge me at Over the Top fucking trivia, bud. I'm telling you. The knife is purchased at the time he's purchasing the rest of the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you are the professor to keep us on point. Carl, Martin, and Percy drive the truck across the country to Los Angeles, serving Cuban sandwiches and yucca fries. Percy promotes them on social media, and they find success in New Orleans and Austin, where their daily specials include po' boys and barbecue brisket, made with local ingredients. Back in Los Angeles, having strengthened his relationship with Percy, Carl accepts his son's offer to help him with the food truck. Ramsey visits the truck to explain his bad review. Though an early fan of Carl, he was disappointed by the meal he felt was beneath Carl's skills. Impressed with the chef's return to form, Ramsey offers to bankroll a new restaurant where Carl will have his full creative control. Six months later, the successful new restaurant is closed for a private event. Carl and Inez's remarriage ceremony and movie. Question. Answer. If you have things that don't necessarily um, propel the story forward, do you enjoy those moments in movies if they are done well? Example. I have this story where I am going from Miami up to Los Angeles and I decide to stop along the way and serve some food to a bunch of people. What if, I counterpoint that with you, what if I live in Chicago and I want to drive to California to go to an amusement park? Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, along the way that you just Because there is a father and son and we are bonding. So this is another movie that they stole from? Is that what you're saying? And, And so if you have fun moments that happen along the way, is it okay that they don't necessarily propel the story forward, but it is amusing and enjoyable and lighthearted to watch? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, can, good sir. Can I jump in real quick? If they're done the right way. I do think the stops propelled the story. So I will give you that. Because especially in the New Orleans, when they finally had the bennets, big, big nets. Beignets. Beignets. When they finally had those. Nice and callback. They, and they shared a moment there. And then they shared the moments about the social media, how the crowds were waiting and just little things like that. It was propelling, showing us not only was the truck becoming a success, but the relationship between the father and son were get, was getting stronger. Yeah, but I thought you didn't like the father and son. I just felt it was... I didn't say I didn't like the movie or that it was a horrible movie. I said that it's the same movie. It's the same plot line. But the, and there but, was no challenge in the movie. There was no drama of, you know, the kid gets hit by a car and now we've got some drama with a kid, you know... Or the kid runs away because the father does something mean and now we have to go hunt him down. Or, you know, something with the wife and the wife wants the kid back and doesn't understand why he won't come home immediately. You know, there was just, there was nothing, you know, it was so predictable how this movie was going to end that I wanted to be surprised. That's the only, my only problem with this movie. Only? There was no surprise. Again, I'm going to say it's a good thing you weren't writing this fucking movie. All of those ideas with this tone and this movie sound blah. Yeah, but I mean, didn't you know? Like, you knew that this was going to end up with just this happy ending. Yeah, I was. I was fucking counting on it, bud. 
there's too many things out there that you know they're bummers you know and if you like to have a bummer ending or or let, let's not say that not let's even say a bummer that, ending. right no 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 let's just say if you didn't want a happy ending for this particular story then i didn't know what the fuck you were expecting out of this story i wanted a happy ending but i wanted something along the way to say are we going to get our happy ending why is everything going to go right is, you know is there a little bit of tension and so for you that would have there was no tension in this so movie. for that it would have if it if it would have had more tension it would have been a better film for you I like movies that at some point in the movie it makes me go, oh shit. But there was no oh shit movie or point in this movie. The the part where he goes off on the on the critic, that was kind of gonna oh shit in a funny way, but you already knew that it was gonna end up with him losing his job and going to the food truck. They had already told so, you that. So they foreshadowed that way ahead of time. Well, yeah, it was called the fucking preview, dude. You you see him in the food I didn't truck see in the preview. preview. Well, I did, but if you had done, I mean, it's on yeah. the fucking cover. I can pretend Anyways, the food. Okay, that's fine. So the answer to my question is yes. You need tension, or t- I'm sorry, you don't need tension. I need some tension. Would have made more tension. Would have made this movie better yes. for you. Okay, yes, for me. But back to my original point: if you have things that don't necessarily propel the story forward, having lighthearted moments in a movie doesn't it just make it uh, just a fun light watch? So, for example, the, the bit with putting cornstarch on our balls. I really wish I had brought cornstarch tonight, but I didn't have any at home. Hey, guys, look what I got. We're you, putting cornstarch on you our want balls. Some of mine? Yes. He hey, literally look at licking. you. What oh, no, the dude, hell are you he, doing with cornstarch? Stop it. Dude. He, he doesn't want the used cornstarch, dude. He wants new cornstarch. So I should get my hand out of my pants? No. Well, you do you, boo. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. Another scene a little later in the movie, when they are singing Sexual Healing. Oh, great rendition. You know, having having that moment, it was a lighthearted moment. And I'm giving an eye roll, by the way. Yes, you and, are. And, and, and Percy, he's like, man, what the hell? This is, oh, this is awkward, right? Having these lighthearted moments in, in this movie help me say that this is a movie that I am not necessarily expecting to have an epic storyline. I'm going from Miami back to Los Angeles on this road trip, and along the way, stuff happens on a road trip, and it doesn't need to be an epic story. You know and, what? And, and to be honest, I was while watching it for, and I saw this in the theater actually. Uh, while I while watching this scene, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was waiting for that moment of tension, and I can't tell you how happy I was that it wasn't there. Mm. I, and I and I really appreciated that about this film. Do you know what? The, for me, you know what the most amazing part of the road trip was. The end. No. 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 Really? The most amazing part is when they stopped at Franklin's Barbecue. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. That that meat looked so awesome. That's an actual place in Austin, Texas. And apparently they sell out even before noon. And they have long lines in the morning of people just wanting to get into that place. I I think I've heard that somewhere before, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that takes me back to that looked so good. That part, I wasn't even hungry going into this movie. That might be one, you know, part why I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it because I wasn't hungry. But that made me salivate. No, I, I don't think that's why you didn't enjoy it either. Because I don't have a heart. I know. Well, I think that might be part of it. But this movie definitely makes you want to fucking eat it, for sure. It is. It is. Um, such a delight to see the appreciation and and, and the uh, the focus of attention that it gives towards food it yeah. is it is so 
nice. And having this movie be just about food and not necessarily about conflict resolution, I realize, John, I, I appreciate what you're saying. That's just not your movie. And, and TJ feels the same way. There's no story. There's nothing happening. Nothing happens. And I, I, I get that. But on the other hand, it's okay to have a more lighthearted story. Yeah. You know, oh my God. I don't the, mind. The, 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 the story is about a guy who's trying to better his life. And if you don't see that, then you're looking too hard. Tell TJ he's looking too hard. He doesn't have to like the fucking film, but there is a story. You cannot tell me that there's no story. That's like saying Dunkirk has no story. There is a story. There but, is a story. But there's no, you know, I, I like stories that they, even if they take the same story that's been told over and over again, Make it your own. Make it unique. Throw in a little twist. They did. They didn't put in a fucking semi doing arm wrestling. No, That's how it's different. No, they put in a food truck. I mean, it was, exactly. It's not an arm wrestling truck. No, but it's just the food truck and daddy and son and everything works out. And even over the top had twists, had turns. Oh my god. Okay. First had, of all, over the top of drama. Okay, okay, you're gonna do it, dude. You're gonna make me fucking do it, aren't you? Over the top was a fucking quasi action film, of course, and it yeah. had Sylvester for fucking stallone of course terry funk's getting thrown through a fucking window i do don't fucking challenge me on the over the top trivia moving back to chef this movie is is a light-hearted story that uh if if you recall in the moments of the uh wayne's world when they would do their top 10 lists yeah and they would put something on there to cleanse the palate a, a sorbet if you will uh-huh that's what this movie is the year that this movie came out the blockbuster movies for 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy, The Third Hunger Games, Winter Soldier, Days of Future Past, X-Men, right? The Third Hobbit movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, another sequel, Godzilla, Spider-Man 2. The year before it, Blockbusters, Iron Man 3, The Second Hunger Games, Mm. Man of Steel, Fast and Furious 6, Hobbs, Desolation of Smog, The Dark World, World War Z, finally, the last stupid zombie movie. The year before that. Blockbuster movies. Stupid zombie movie. Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, Hunger Games, Hobbit, Spider-Man. These movies are all over the top. And all of these movies being over the top, mega blockbuster stories, where in the heck does somebody get to take something a little bit light and easy? Having just a lighthearted story that's casual and, and, and not epic I think is perfectly fine to have. And not only that, good sir, makes $37 million in the meantime. And in a world of fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, not too fucking shabby. So it's a shame that you didn't like it. I, I feel bad that you didn't like it. I, th- I, I think that this is a fucking feel-good movie. Keenan and I were talking about this last night. It's a feel-good movie. Is it as good as Remember the Titans? No, it's not trying to be. Uh, he went through all his feel-good movies, all sports-themed. So sports themes are destined to either kick you in the balls or be a, a feel-good movie. This movie, it, it could have kicked you in the balls. We could have get the kid cancer. We could have gotten him hit by a car. We could, or the we could have done that. Gets, gets uh, burns to the burns to the ground, or yeah. gets looted, or something. Mm-hmm. It could, it could have all happened, but it wouldn't fit the story that Favreau was trying to tell about this man. And the story is about this man and his journey, and he's the better for it. And I and I fucking loved it, and I give him kudos. I mean, he wrote it, he directed it. I I really enjoyed this fucking film, and I just felt bad that you didn't. Do you do you have a guilty pleasure movie? Yeah, it's called Flash Gordon. It's called Evil Dead Two. It's Clash called of the Xanadu. 
Uh, actually, you know, you I don't. Know, I don't like sanity. You, bullshit! You fu- don't let him fool you, our one true listener. He fucking loves Xanadu. I want to rewind a little bit if I can. Yeah, let's hit that. I want to hear you just. You mentioned earlier barbecue places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have a favorite barbecue place? You know, I mean, let's get some shout outs real quick. I, I'm not a huge barbecue guy. I don't anymore. I like. I guess. I, am. I guess barbecue Pete's. Can I give a, a shout place out? We eat at place work? in Bothell. Yeah, sure, dude. Uh, Carolina Smokehouse. If you ever go there, the owner there, he's typically there, nicest guy. He starts cooking, you know, early, early on. Mm. And this is another person, just like in this movie, who loves what he does. It's in Bothell? It it used to be in that uh, country center area, and they just moved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He had to move it because they turned it into a bunch of apartments. But anyway, his backstory, from what I've heard, is he won the lottery. And he chose to take that money and live his life dream of opening up a barbecue place. Well, so this is a him. man who loves what he does, and you can taste it in his barbecue. Oh, all right. So there I just go. want to throw out there, if you're ever in the Bothell area up here in Washington. What's it called? Car- Carolina Smokehouse. Carolina Smokehouse. That's and if for you he's guys. listening and I can get some free barbecue out of this, all the better. Well, hey, we got to get it to him somehow. You know, if, if you know uh, of what John speaks of, Text him the link. Get him yeah. the get him the website. And if you're actually listening to this, to you know our one or two listeners, let's put some barbecue places down. Your favorite barbecue places, or Cuban places, or whatever kind of food you like. Let's put that in the comments. Uh-huh. Oh, look at that! You're you're engaging uh-huh. the audience. That's so nice of you, John. Off yeah, air, because I, I will explain the five different barbecue flavors styles that I am aware of. Mm. Off air. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you should see the relief on my face. <laughs> what did you think of the little video that Percy puts together? Oh, it was fucking. It, it, it's the icing on the cake, right? It, it was for that trip uh, to come home from a long trip. I know what it's like to come home from a long trip. Just the sheer exhaustionness of it. I don't know if that's a word. Um, so I thought there was a nice little touch, and and I, it really it really hit Carl, and it's exactly what it was meant to do. I'm curious, for his video that he put together, how did he spend so much time in his video if he was making the video? That was Julie's question, is who was filming when he was in the video? Because he was in the video a lot. I know, I have a better question. Who cares, dude? It was nice, it was cute. <laughs> Fucking get over it. Isn't he the person who always flips out anytime there's any little technical error in a movie? No. But it takes him out of the movie? It takes him out of the movie, but he doesn't flip out to people around him. No, it all happens within here, good man. No, good you, man. you always vent to me. Yeah, well. You couldn't get past this part, so you hate the movie. Well, sometimes it's like that. Obviously, I mean, you didn't like this movie. You didn't, so. like, you didn't like the way the movie ended. Don, you liked the way the movie ended. Me, I, I, I was surprised about how nicely it wrapped up. And I was fine with it wrapping up as nicely as it did. But I, I didn't think it was going to wrap up so cleanly. Oh, I, I, like John says, it was so predictable uh, and, and it was, I saw it coming, but I didn't care. I bought it. I, I was so invested in Carl's character, Percy as a character, even Inez as a character, Martin, everybody. I was invested with them as a character and I went along with them on this journey, whether it's been told a thousand times or not, doesn't matter the way Favreau told it this time. I really enjoyed. I thought it was a feel-good movie, and I I love the way it ended. Trivia: John Legazamo 
and Leguizamo. Leguizamo, thank you. And Oliver Platt sp- shared very little screen time during this movie. They have appeared in a movie previous to this. Can either one of you tell me what movie they appeared in together? Stand by. Was it Spawn? No. No. It was. I know what it is. Not too Wong Fu. No, 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 no. It was. Um, I'm trying to go through all my John Leguizamo movies. It's more of an action flick. It is. And the main action star in the movie dies early on. Is it executive decision? You, sir, get the lollipop. Well nice done. Nice pull. I wouldn't say that Steven Seagal is one of the main characters. He was billed first, and it was surprising. It was shocking. And I the remember reason seeing it. why he was billed for that movie and pulled, because they did not have confidence that Kurt Russell would carry the movie. And so they brought in the Steven Seagal name in order to entice the audience, even though he dies pretty early on. All right. Uh, are we ready to rate this bitch? I, I, I think I am. I think it's ready to come out of the oven. All right. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll go first because it was my review. Or would you like to save your review and have me go first and just get that out of the yeah, way? Yeah, let's, let's have you go first, John. Let's get that out of the way. Do you have any objections there, Professor? Oh, no. All right. Fire away, good man. He said he wrote this down. Yeah, I've been preparing my review this week. Uh, I'm going to give my review in a recipe form. And let's let's be perfectly clear here, uh, our one true listener. His wife wrote this for him. Uh, Go she on. did not. She did approve it, though. Need I say more? So, to make this movie, I basically just like a recipe. You would take a stale, commonly used storyline, add some cooking videos, throw in several big name actors, simmer it for about an hour and fifty five minutes. Then serve it up, warning, it may taste stale and overcooked. That's kind of what I got out of this movie. Yeah, sure you did, buddy. Now, again, I have said, it was a good storyline. It was okay. It just was very predictable. I kept thinking, okay, well, you know, in the first 10 minutes, I knew he was going to get the food truck, and I knew that he was going to rekindle his relationship with his kid, and things were going to all probably work out happily in the end. I was hoping for some, you know, just a few little bumps in the road here and there or something that say, oh, I didn't see that coming. That's kind of clever. Or, oh, well, that's so cute. And that works nicely together, kind of fits everything together. It's just, I, I could almost predict everything that was going to happen. Rewatchable scale. You know, I'm not saying the actors did a bad job. The actors were fantastic. John Favreau, best acting role I've ever seen him in. But yet you don't buy the character. Go no. on. Uh, movies can win actor actors can win academy awards can win you know all kinds of people choice awards and still be in a crappy movie can you or do you disagree that does happen in the oscars that yeah. that you have milk toast movies where actors actresses get the best yeah, but i don't think they're as bad as you are implying that this film just, is bad for me it just wasn't a movie that engaged me it just is a movie that drawed me in and to quote my wife, she would rather sit in silence for an hour and 55 minutes than watch this movie over again. Um, I have no desire to see this movie again. I will say I do like the reality show on Netflix, The Chef Cooking Show. 
So because of that, I'm actually giving some bonus points to this movie because a good reality show came out of it. And really, watching the reality show is like watching this movie over and over again. You're just not throwing in the kid and the wife and the happy ending. You're just getting to see what you want to see. The cooking of the food, the grilled cheese sandwich, the crunch, the Cuban sandwich, the fries. You're getting to see all that in the cooking show. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a 2.0. That is higher than I thought he was going to give. Way higher than I thought he was going to give. I, all right, that's. Did you like my cooking recipe? Julie's cookie recipe. I yeah, worked on that. Yeah, sure you did, buddy. That's that's where that your review completely a hundred percent came from you, bud. Yeah. And I'm winking at him. How can something be stale and yet burned? I didn't say it was burned. I said it was overcooked. Overcooked and stale. Yeah, because you cook all the flavor out of it. They had no flavor. The flavor was gone. None. The soundtrack, no flavor. Nothing. All right, moving on. Who's (laughs) next? Okay, fine. I'll go. I thought that the attention given to uh, to the soundtrack really helped the story. Um it, it gave a lot of flavor to the scenes in in the movie, and I really appreciated the uh, the heart that I felt in the music pairing up with the scenes. It made me feel really uh, energized, if you will, watching and having uh, the, the the cooking uh, moments unfold. And I appreciated the attention to detail and the level of care that was given in the food presentation as it was appearing on the screen. I really liked Carl. I loved Percy's character. Percy and Carl, I thought they had a really good rapport with each other. And Percy came across as really genuine. I really thought that he portrayed, you know, the, uh, the you know, the tech savvy uh, son very well. And I appreciated his sincerity in the role. Um, I, all, I I appreciated uh, the supporting cast of Dustin Hoffman, Scarlett Johansson, and you know John Legaz- Leguizamo. Leguizamo. I got I loved his character at at how he was the I know a guy guy. I, I really enjoyed that. And what's up with you know he pulls up with the food truck. You know it's all painted. Nobody says a word. Got the brand new paint job. It's everybody, you know, they just get in the truck. Nobody says a word about the paint job. They were probably still amazed on how long it, or how fast it was. Maybe. <laughs> but I, I I loved his character. He was a delight. I loved the way that the writing for him and the banter of the kitchen talk in, in the movie. It was a really fun, lighthearted watch. I, I find it easy to watch. It's It's a carefree movie. Kind of a lighthearted, feel-good movie. Um, probably 3.75. 3.75. That's mm-hmm. solid. It's above average. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. I like that. My turn. I think Chef is a great feel-good movie. Uh, I love the fact that uh, it opens on a strong on a strong foot and it engages you uh, and it, it brings you into the story. I bought the characters. I thought they were all... Uh, cast and the performances they gave were great. I think that John Favreau wrote a fantastic script, uh, whether it be reused or redone or whatever. I thought he brought his own feel to it and uh, his own flavor. And it was just a really fun movie. And I think that I could watch it 
uh, a number of times. So for me, I think that I am going to give Chef a 4.0. Can I throw one thought more out? Fuck, I guess. In the beginning of the movie, why was the chef so upset about reserving the same menu over and over again, especially to the critic? It's because he was just in a rut. That's kind of how I felt about this movie. Oh, he was he was serving the same menu that had been done in other movies, and there was nothing unique or exciting that really sold this movie over other recipes that had been out there in other movies. So that's my metaphor. <laughs> you got nothing, do you? No, I mean... Should we mention... Dude, I, you I, can say that about so many movies. So the fact that, that you're using that reasoning, it just boggles my mind. Because you can say that about The Matrix. You can mm-hmm. say that about any fucking movie out there. Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can say that about... Um, and now I'm just throwing shit Okay, maybe not Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now I'm just throwing no. shit out there. But you can say that about a lot of fucking movies, dude. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that reasoning is just mind-boggling to But me. other movies Anyways. that are very predictable, I will stand by that I won't give them a high rating if it's a very predictable movie. We will, we're going to see. We'll, but, we'll see from But I do want to mention, I don't think we covered this beginning of our ratings, is how we do our ratings. We're not rating them on what we thought, like whether it was a good movie or a bad movie. We're rating it on... Whether it's more like a rewatchable movie, how yeah, many times but, you know does it still hold up from the first time I watched it? Yeah, but in order to say that, you you have to either say it's a good movie or a bad movie. Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, is it a movie that you're going to want to watch again? And both right. you feel like it's a great, it's a movie that you guys would watch again. Right. I'm just saying the reason why I'm giving a low rating is not because I don't like the movie or think it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I have no interest in seeing it again because you don't think it's a good movie. I thought the actors and everything were good. It's just you, predictable. You, right. Can, a predictable right. movie right. can be a, still a good movie. Right. I, I understand that. But for this particular movie, what you're saying is that it's not a good movie. And that's okay. That's that's what you're saying. I think what we, we need to clarify is that does go into the ratings. At least mm-hmm. it goes into my rating. It yeah. has to be a good mm-hmm. movie in order for me to give it a good rating. Yeah. I don't care if it was technically shot superbly okay i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it out loud citizen kane i don't fucking get it i don't know why everybody loves citizen kane so much but it's a fucking national treasure and i've just come to accept it whatever now granted i haven't seen citizen kane and probably since high school which was many moons ago but all i'm saying is for this particular instance you're saying that you gave it a low grade because you don't want to watch it again but the reason why you don't want to watch it is because you didn't like it and that's okay. I, I didn't get anything out of it, but I, like I said, I really enjoyed the humor in it. I really enjoyed you, John Favreau. You couldn't have. Not if you're I not going to want to watch it again. If I were to turn it on right now, what would you do? I've already heard all the jokes. I've already seen all the humor. I if already know how I, it's going to go. If I was going to turn it on right now, would you stay or would you leave? I'd probably go. Yeah, exactly, because you don't like it. It didn't say I didn't like it. It's exactly what you're saying. And that's okay. That's what I'm trying to say. It's okay so that you didn't like this film. I don't not, care. There's not any movies out there you've ever enjoyed, but you don't need to see it again, is what you're saying. Every single movie you've ever enjoyed, you you have to watch it again. Oh, no. We're not saying we have to watch it. We say we would watch it, and probably. I'd watch almost anything ever. Yeah, over your unless preferred I do, movies? Unless I don't like it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to watch it. But there's still movies out there you like. But you don't need to see it again. Maybe 
10 years down the road when you kind of start forgetting well, then some did, details. Did, well, then did I really like it? You enjoyed it. Yeah. Did I? If yeah. I don't really want to watch it again? I think that's possible. Yeah, well, I think anything is possible. What do you think? What What's your opinion on all of this? There are some movies that are rich, and the fact that they are as rich as they are, it's like, oh, boy, you know, I, I'm not ready to jump back into that. Something like a... Uh, um, maybe uh, Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan, you know, movies that are, are, are told very well and they are excellent movies, but you're not necessarily ready to watch it again because the story was just really heavy. Saving Private Ryan, if it's on TV, I'll stop on it for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I won't necessarily have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. I don't need to see that movie again. I, I got the movie. I, I understand the movie. Yeah, I don't think I'd stop and watch it again. So, doesn't make it a bad movie. Just doesn't make it a movie that in my top ten list. It, it doesn't. Fuck, it, it, that sounds like it's not in your top one hundred list, it which means you didn't like it. It doesn't need to be an epic or a fantastic movie. And, and, and I look at you know a, a movie like Twister or um, or something like that. It's light on story, but it's a fun watch. And even though I really couldn't care less what was going on with those characters and whatever the, the situation is between uh, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt's character, couldn't care less. Just get back in the car. I want to see more of that Twister stuff. I am just along for the ride of the fun of it. I am not looking for substance necessarily. There are movies that are like that. And certainly we see in rom- rom-com movies, those stories have been told to ad nauseum and those ad nauseum stories. Same story. Yet, yeah. Same story. Those ad nauseum stories. I didn't like Twister. You have these, these storylines that are just light and fun. And some of them work for some of us and some of them work for others of us. Not necessarily for all of us, but how the story is told in whatever way, it doesn't need to be an epic mood-altering story of, wow, that was impressive. Should I go off on Twister now, or should no, I wait till we no, pull no, that no. out we're, of the helmet? We're going to wait till we pull that out of the You know what the problem is, is, or what's too bad is we're probably not going to put any of this in this. <laughs> we're way over time. Way over time. But that was, a good, that was a good chat. Hey, should we pull a movie out of the hat real quick? Yeah, let's pull All the right. movie out of the All hat. Right, cool. Okay, so we just pulled the next movie out of the, the Bronco helmet. Our genre, if I can get this thing open, Jesus. I bet you it's one of my movies. I don't know. We've done four of Ken's, so you've got two left. Mm-hmm. How many have we done of yours, Don? Uh, we did oh. one. Oh, okay, okay. We did Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which you both hated, and, and we did Chef, Chef, which you hated. So I'm fucking loving this, dude. I love the fucking. You okay. guys suck. I don't know who chose this, but it's going to be a buddy film. Oh, it's my movie for the next one. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to this one. All right. Well, hit me. We are going to see Clerks 2. Oh, yeah. That's my Kevin Smith. That's yeah. not my movie. That's my movie. I love a good Kevin Smith movie. You know what? I, you don't get to watch it because you don't get the plot. And it's pretty fucking predictable. Guy well, falls in love with girl and girl. Clerks 1. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Get out of here. Do you have anything else you want to say? Mm-mm. You, I feel like you do. No. Okay. No, no, I, I, I've had all my chef stuff. Cool, 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 cool. 
I really enjoyed this one, guys. Who, this one was fun. Well, let's go get a Cuban sandwich after this. Totally. Yeah, let's do it. Except for you, because it would be too predictable, and you've seen it coming before. And, and we in, have had how many Cuban sandwiches? They all taste the same. And we're not in a fucking truck going to Las Vegas to enter an arm wrestling tournament. Don't ever fucking challenge me on over when, the top. When, when you guys get your sandwiches, you can meet me over at Carolina Smokehouse. Ah, there it is. Another plug. All right, John, where can they find us? They can find us at our website, which is www.3guysinaflick.com. And they can find us at all of the popular podcast hosting sites, Spotify, Podbeam, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, iTunes. We're on them all. We also have a Facebook page, Twitter. We are everywhere. Yeah, so drop us a line. Tell us what you think. And to our faithful listener, thank you so much for watching or uh, listening. Watch. My name's I know. My name's Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. I'm hungry. Who's buying? You are, fucker, because of that stupid fucking review you gave that. That I wrote. You didn't write it. Your wife did.